0: Hello, my name's Tom Boone.
1: And I'm Joanna Bailey.
0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week.
1: Coming up today, I'll take a look at the interesting developments at Eastern Airlines, while Tom checks out some good news for London Gatwick.
0: Joe will see why Air Baltic's big bet on the A220 to 10 years ago is paying off now while I talk about Royal Air Morocco.
1: Finally, my favourite South Atlantic Island is back on the scheduled map. I'll bring you the latest.
0: So now you know what's in store. Let's get on with the show. Joe, kick it off. Eastern Airlines, go.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So we had a reader that wrote into us um last week and they said, What on earth is going on with Eastern Airlines? Now, if you remember, this is the airline that was born out of various launched and bankrupt other airlines, but uh, they were promising to carry the name of the former Eastern Airlines, um, two separate words, um, who, you know, was a massively popular airline in the US. Um, and they were going to start Scheduled services, they've been doing a bit of charter, but you know, they were supposed to be gearing up for some pretty big expansion. Um, and of course, they're flying historical Boeing 767s. I say historical, I mean, there's quite a lot of them still around, but and I mean, it's the newest nice. ones
0: aren't even that old.
1: <laughs> well, let me tra- tell you, um, Eastern Airlines' former uh, Boeing 767s are very old, <laughs> they're, they're, they're older than you, most of them, Tom. So, uh, <laughs> um, so they said, you know, they haven't been doing very much, why aren't they flying? What's going on? Is it all a big scam? And I thought, you know what? I'd like to have a look into this. Let's find out. Um, So just to give you a bit of background on it, they kind of began life as a charter operation. They flew under the name Dynamic Airways. They restructured in about 2018 following a bankruptcy. um, And that was when they obtained the IP rights to use the Eastern name. Um, They were actually very involved in Operation Matterhorn, if you remember. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, I remember that one. It was the largest peacetime repatriation in the UK's history when 600,000 stranded travellers had to be brought home after the collapse of Thomas Cook. Mm, um, my
0: favourite stu- A380 was part of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they flew quite a lot of those flights, um, which I didn't realise until I looked into them. Um, but they then got their paperwork in place to begin um, scheduled flying, and they took off from New York to Gayaquil, um my my South American <laughs> journalist's going to shoot me for my pronunciation um, at the beginning of 2020. But of course, we all know what happened in 2020. Um, and actually, you know, when you look Wait, at what how happened they in 2020. No, I don't even want to go there, Tom. <laughs> if you look at how they grew through that year, they were actually doing a lot. You know, By July 2020, they had nine destinations, um, mainly in South America, connecting from JFK and Miami. Um, and then again, by December 2020, there were 12 destinations. They'd started flying from Los Angeles as well. They'd connected some Caribbean islands. Um, but then by the summer 2021, they were back down to four destinations. And now, um, basically from now until as far as the schedule goes ahead, the only scheduled operation is flying between JFK and Quill if I've said that right, which was their original launch route. That's the only scheduled service they're doing. Um, there's only one passenger plane being used for scheduled service. That's despite the airline having quite a few Boeing 767s on its books. Um, in fact, one of their planes, um, it's the last 767 in passenger operation in the whole world. Um, this this is registered November 603 kilo whiskey. It's a former Japan Airlines aircraft. Um And it's belonged to their predecessor, Dynamics, since February 2011. I have to say, I'm very sorry, but it is parked up at the moment. um, And it doesn't really look like it would be coming back. I mean, it might. You never know. Um, But it does have 767-200ERs, several of those. um, But at the moment, most of those are parked up as well. Um, But it's not all as it seems So as well as the 767-200ERs, they also have a bunch of 767-300ERs. And if you look at where those planes have been flying, almost all of them have been flying quite a lot in recent months. So it's not that the airline is dying. I mean, if you looked at the scheduled information, you'd think, my God, this airline's been hit really hard by COVID. They're dying a death. Um, But actually what's happened is they've pivoted back to charter services. So they've parked up the smaller planes. They're wheeling out their bigger planes and they're doing lots and lots of charter flying and actually um you know i'm a really big fan of their 300 ers because two of them are painted in the retro livery of the original eastern airlines and they look awesome um these guys also if you're a football fan i think it's a football team Um, they fly the two private jets for new england patriots um you're uh, going to tell me that's a baseball American team football,
0: now isn't it i don't know I
1: don't, I don't, i'll google honestly. it while you
0: keep talking and come back to you <laughs>
1: So, if you like the New England Patriots, let us know what sport they play. Um, they the are Eastern... American
0: football, according to Google. So. Oh,
1: amazing. <laughs> I do apologise, football yeah, fans. Yeah, um, the
0: Super Bowl, weren't they, at some point?
1: If you say so, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, they fly those as well on charter operations. And, you know... Actually, Eastern Airlines is looking really exciting for the future. Um, if you follow this airline, you'll remember they made an announcement um, not so long ago about a massive influx of Boeing 777s for freighter use. Um, they're going to be getting 35 777s of various flavours, including the 200ER, the 300ER and the 300 regular vanilla. Um, and they've all been flying. They, there's already eight of them have flown out to Kansas City, which is where Eastern has a base. To to convert them for cargo use. But what's really interesting is they're not doing the typical passenger to freighter conversion that you see where they reinforce the floor and they cut the big cargo door in the side. This is like a, it's called a class E conversion. Um, and it basically just, they just take the seat out. <laughs> That's it. They take the seats out and they're actually developing their very own containers to allow them to load the passenger cabin very effectively with kind of smaller e-commerce shipments. So you think, like amazon air that sort of stuff um rather than your kind of big fedex and whatnots that that they'd have to compete with um So, uh, in all, you know, I spent a lot of time looking into this airline that I didn't know very much about. And they're really, you know, it's a very interesting airline and I'm very excited to see what they do. They reckon this um, passenger to freight light conversion, if you want to call it that, can be done in as little as 14 days. So, the first few jets are already coming out in the next few weeks. They'll be starting to fly their charter services under a kind of subsidiary they're calling Eastern Air Cargo. And of course, they're still flying passenger flights, but only on the charter basis, really, unless you particularly want to go to Gaiaquil. So (laughs) that's Eastern Airlines in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to talk about something a bit closer to home for us. And that's Gatwick Airport, as I said. So um, at 6.38 on Tuesday, British Airways Flight 2672, operated by a 19-year-old Airbus A320, took to the skies and it was bound for Larnaca, Cyprus. That sounds fascinating, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. I'm on the edge of my seat, Tom.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, on the surface, it does seem relatively unremarkable, um, but it was a special flight for the airline. And it was the first short-haul international flight that British Airways operated from London Gatwick Airport in around two years. So obviously, the airline stopped operating short-haul flights from Gatwick at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then uh, I think it was late last year, they basically said they've been losing money flying from Gatwick for years because they're competing against the likes of Ryanair, EasyJet and Wizz Air on their services. And, you know, like, not everyone, but a lot of people will see. hang on, I can pay, say, 60, 80, 90 euros with British Airways or 30, 40, 50 with Ryanair, (laughs) you know. Um, So they kind of said that they were just going to suspend flights from the airport permanently and that, (laughs) that didn't go down incredibly well. But what they're doing now is they're launching a new subsidiary from the airport and that's going to be called BA City Flyer, um, BA Euro Flyer. I like was going
1: to say, the City, <laughs> City Flyer Fly already in there. In
0: London City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's quite interesting because obviously they're not actually ready to launch BA Euro Flyer yet. So in the meantime, uh, flights are just going to be operated by the British Airways mainline fleet. But also, actually, I was doing some digging. And according to data in the schedule from Sirium, uh, IAG, sister airline, Iberia Express will also be adding some capacity uh, over the coming months until at least September. Although, you know, this is September is half a year away. <laughs> um, yeah. It may change before that point. They may get the other one running. Um But it was quite interesting because I looked at just July 2022 as a sort of snapshot. And, uh, you know, Iberia is currently down or Iberia Express is down to operate 294 flights from Gatwick uh, with a British Airways flight number in July. Mm -hmm. And that accounts for 32.81 percent of the plan. So, um, wow, quite impressive there. They're going to fly to 19 airports from Gatwick. um, And you know, I just find that fascinating. But um, like I say, you know, it's because BA Euroflyer is coming. um, They've revealed that it's planned to launch this year, but they still haven't said why. And from a passenger point of view, you know, there should be no difference. You shouldn't be able to tell whether you're flying with BA Euroflyer or BA. Um, You know, the difference is that there should be one difference that you should be able to tell, and that's that the flights are... Uh, I, I'm going to say competitively priced against the big low-cost carriers. I don't think they're going to be as cheap as EasyJet, Ryanair, and Wizz Air, but um, they're going to be a lot cheaper than you'd think of when you think British Airways. And um, in order to sort of maintain profitability while offering these cheap flights, they're going to cost, uh, cut costs elsewhere. And I believe um, that's like on cheaper employees' salaries and and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. So, That's what's going on at at Gatwick. They had four flights on their first day. They flew to Larnaca, Amsterdam, Paphos and Tenerife.
1: Mm, excellent I hear Gatwick is gearing up for a really busy summer and I'm so pleased because uh, there was talk about you know who would go back and whether they'd all go back to the same extent they were so um yeah exciting stuff I I wish them a very good summer Mm. um well I wanted to talk a little bit about your favorite airline or one of your favorite airlines Tom um which is Air Baltic um, because last week we just
0: discussed that this was our favorite airline and uh, our favorite
1: airline yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, you can have Aristana and Airstana Ryanair. and is um, my personal I will share one, Air Baltic the, with you. Uh,
0: Air Baltic <laughs> is ours, yep.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so. If you guys caught up with me earlier this week, um, you'll know that I had a lovely uh, bit of a chat with the CEO of Air Baltic, Martin Gauss. Um, we talked about lots of things, um, but I did want to ask him, you know, how the how the current situation in Ukraine was affecting him. You know, they they should have been having a blistering summer. Really, they spent the pandemic kind of um, boosting their efficiency. They became an all Airbus A220 airline, and um, you know, everything was looking really good for 2022. But then, of course, you know, the disruption they've had in their very near neighbouring country um, has caused all sorts of problems. Well, he's keeping an upbeat tone, shall we say. He reckons they're still going into summer very strong. There's 92 routes planned to operate this year. And at present, despite the conflict, um, bookings are up 350% year on year. So all looking really good. What they are being affected with is obviously the withdrawal of their routes from Russia and Ukraine. Um, Martin said, you know, they'd go back to Ukraine in a heartbeat like if they could they'd be back there tomorrow um He didn't mention how long it would take them to go back to Russia. Um, But I feel like things might drag on a bit longer than that. And at present, they are having to fly some reroutes because of airspace closures. Um, They do fly to Dubai. They fly to a couple of other places, sort of to the south and the southwest of their their bases in the Baltics. Um, And those are requiring a longer flight time. Um, And I said, you know, are you passing that cost on to the customer? And he said, well, you know, at the end of the day, they need to stay cost competitive with every other airline that is plying that route. But of course, every, other airline is facing the same problems they are. Um, And his biggest weapon against this rising cost because of the extra flight time is the Airbus A220. He reckons as an airline, they're getting a 25% lower fuel burn this year than they would have at any point before when they were using a mixed fleet. Um, And we just we had a look at the statistics for the A220 last week. And in April, there's going to be 20,000 flights by the Airbus A220 which is the most ever in the world like in all history um, and there's actually more uh, about 3,000 more in April than there were in March. Now of course a lot of that is to do with the summer schedule kicking in and a lot of these kind of seasonal destinations restarting um, and in fact it might not surprise you to know it's Air Baltic that's added the most capacity between March and April. Their total operations are up 32% month to month so you can see the a a220 is letting them continue to build that capacity despite all the challenges that they're having, um, but they're not using all their A220s themselves. Um, notably, we covered quite recently that Eurowings and SAS have been leasing some Airbus A220s from Air Baltic, and in fact, Gauss yeah, I said saw them
0: actually. I was looking to book Easter flights and. Um, I was like, why is there Baltic flying from Dusseldorf to Heathrow?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they are in hot demand. He said there's 11 airplanes leased out right now um, and that there's a massive demand ongoing for Airbus A220s. He reckons, in fact, if he wanted to, he could lease out his entire fleet tomorrow, which I think is incredible. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, they fly one of the biggest fleets of the A220-300 in the world, which is kind of the most popular A220, if you like. It's the most efficient on a per seat basis. Um, And we were talking about kind of how he got to where he is now. And he said it was really like a decision they took about 10 years ago to go with the A220. You know, back then it wasn't a popular plane. It was still the Bombardier. It wasn't even the A220. (laughs) No, it was still the Bombardier C-Series, of course. um, And hardly anybody flew it. And they were like, no, this is a really good plane. We're going to go for it. it.
0: They were the launch customer of the 300.
1: Exactly, um, and what a good decision it was! You know, right now they are in such a powerful position; they have the world's largest fleet of the three hundred, and you know everybody else wants them, but Airbus just can't produce them fast enough. So, uh, so yeah, he was feeling very pleased with himself. I said his crystal ball must have been working very well that day. Um, but what he really wanted to talk to me about was these non fungible tokens that they're launching very soon, called the Planes. Um, now you remember, Air Baltic was the first airline to launch NFTs. Um I think it was about a year ago, maybe just over a year ago. And those original NFTs, if you don't know what these are, then then go Google it because I'm not entirely sure myself. I seem to understand it's a bit of digital artwork that you own and that has a value and it can appreciate in value. But And I'm you can still use bit- it as the
0: branding of your coffee
1: shop apparently yes i'm still a bit clueless on all this <laughs> and the original nfts were destinations that air baltic flew to so it was cityscapes with an air baltic plane above it and it was slightly animated well now they're releasing a whole new series which is air baltic planes with funny cartoony faces on them um they're kind of funny looking <laughs> but i quite like them they're very cheerful and you know he said this is all to kind of bring the fun back to flying because it's been such a serious and, and kind of depressing few years that we've been through um do check them out they're running it through a completely separate thing to air baltic um, and the place that they'll be releasing all the designs is on twitter and the account is at nft planeys or at, no sorry at Planes nft so go look it up on twitter and uh, you can enjoy the smiling faces of the air baltic planes there
0: sounds good. I will do that after the call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll do that, Tom. And let me know if you're going to buy one. Uh, I don't think so. I'm not into all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Tom, you're back, but I'm you didn't back. go away for very long, did you? Um, it's quite often that you're away, but you're not normally away and back quite that quickly. Tell us where you've been.
0: Yeah, well, I always get to joke that um, I managed to travel the world without seeing it in this job. Um, so, last week, I was fortunate. Enough to be invited down to uh, Lagos with Royal Air Maroc as part of their celebrations. To um, basically, two years ago, they wanted to celebrate joining One World and then COVID happened. So, then one year ago, they wanted to celebrate one year being in One World and COVID kind of happened again. Um, So, you know, this year was kind of a real excitement for them because they managed to celebrate two years of um, Royal Air Maroc being in One World. So, um, to celebrate that, they kind of invited me and a bunch of other journalists down to abidjan in ivory coast and lagos in nigeria so um i went down to lagos and they flew me in business class via um casablanca from frankfurt and i must say it is a really lovely product um you know it's, it's not the newest thing in the sky but considering you're on a short-haul narrow-body jet you know you get um a, a reclining a dec- comfortably reclining seat in a proper two-two. You know, tray tables in the arms, all of this jazz. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it because, you know me, I'm used to flying the economy of Ryanair with uh, like 20 other people in my row. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was that. Um, you know, we flew down and um, it was a bit hectic because if I just relay the schedule to you for this, um, you know, I got from my front door to my front door again in about 52 hours. Um, <laughs> we flew... Um, Thursday evening from Frankfurt to Casablanca, and then Thursday night, Friday morning from Casablanca to Lagos. Um, we then arrived in Lagos at like four in the morning and went straight to our hotel. We got an armed police escort, which was quite exciting, I thought. Um, <laughs> so we arrived at the hotel, and you know, there was this question of are we going to sleep? Are we going to eat breakfast? I kind of waited up for a couple of hours, had breakfast, and then crashed for three hours in my bed. Um, And then um, we had PCR tests and then we went to um, a conference that was hosted by um, the CFO of um, Royal Amarok, a lovely chap called Kareem, and uh, Rob Gurney, the CEO of One World. And, you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff that um, I'm gonna report from that in the coming days slash weeks, but I won't give it all of my secrets away now, Um, (laughs) you know, to check out on simpleflying.com if you fancy reading that. But yeah, so then we had the press conference, they cut cake, as you do. um, And then there was about an hour or two of um, us time. Uh, So I went and laid by the pool. Uh, You know, I thought, I'm in Lagos, you know, um, (laughs) let's enjoy the weather for at least an hour. Um, How
1: lucky. (laughs) Yeah, so... um,
0: it was. It was saying on the the weather app on my phone. It said feels the uh, temperature of thirty three degrees feels like thirty nine. But I didn't actually think it felt that hot. But um, I
1: would have been sitting in a hotel room under the air conditioning if it was that hot.
0: Yeah, well, um, I, I think up, it's
1: a dry heat in Africa. Yeah, That's what they always dry. say. You know, it's not like when you yeah. go out to the tropics and you're just sweating buckets all the time. Yeah,
0: exactly. It was very dry. Um, so I did actually go in the pool. I was one of two adventurous journalists who managed that much. Um, but. You know, I managed to get one bite from what may be a mosquito or maybe something else. Um, (laughs) So I'm I'm very happy that I had my vaccines and my anti-malaria tablets. And hopefully, you know, I can talk to you next week without having developed yellow fever or something. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) But anyway, after that, you know, we had a dinner with the CEOs and some guests they'd invited from the local area. Um, And that finished at sort of like 11 o'clock at night. And then, um, we left the hotel at three o'clock the next morning. Uh, to be at the airport to take the, I think it was 5 or 5.30 flight to Casablanca. Um, you know, <laughs> did I you was, get any
1: sleep that night at all or well, did you just I, stay up?
0: I went to bed for, I think, about an hour and a half. And I think I was the only journalist who did this. But judging from how I felt and what everyone else said, I think that was a mistake. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> but, you know, we got on this flight. Um, I was in seat 1F, so that was quite fun. And just as they closed the door... I noticed there was a mosquito buzzing about by my feet and I was like great I'm gonna spend four hours on a 737 with a mosquito that might have malaria or yellow fever or some other nasty thing um but then like a minute after completely unrelated to my thoughts but a minute later they uh, walked down the cabin with um some insecticide um like a spray that was just going and going and going and apparently that's a sort of local health thing so uh, that put my mind at ease um and, you know, I said I was going to stay awake for that flight. I ended up having breakfast um, after we took off and then I just fell asleep involuntarily. Um, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, I reclined my chair, but I was careful not to just shove it back too far because I did have the CEO of One World sitting behind me. So <laughs> got to keep everyone friendly. Um and yeah, so then we ended up in the lounge in Casablanca. Uh, nobody else really wanted to do much more than sit and drink a coffee um, after that. And I flew back to Frankfurt, landed at 4.30, so pretty much exactly 48 hours after I left. <laughs> uh, Craziness. But, you know, I must say thank you to One World and Royal Air Maroc for inviting me down to Lagos and uh, for all of their hospitality.
1: It sounds like a whistle stop tour of, of Royal Air, Morocco. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's a shame that I, you didn't get to see Lagos. But yeah, so. <laughs>
0: I was joking that I got a a lovely trip to the Marriott hotel. But you know, I got <laughs> 19 hours to see that, and and you know, I'm not not sure. Um, I probably could have left the hotel for like an hour or so and gone for a little walk. But um, you know, I was just tired and not so certain about um, everything. I just thought, you know, I'll just lie by the pool. Mm. <laughs>
1: That sounds like a good plan. Well, I've got an equally hectic schedule later this week. Um, I can't tell you what it's about yet because I think it's a bit secret. But I will fill you in on the podcast next week for sure. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) secret squirrels don't tell. So I will tell you all about it next week. Um, But today I wanted to wrap up by telling you um, about my favourite little island in the middle of nowhere uh, that has had at last its scheduled air service restored. So um, you guys who've been listening to the podcast for a while will know I love talking about St Helena. Do I've you? never been. I, I really I would like to, to go. I listening to the podcast
0: every week with you and I don't recall us ever talking about it but who maybe, knows. Maybe
1: I wrote about it before we started yeah. the podcast. I don't know but I had a wonderful interview a couple of years ago with the operator of the airport and uh, you know back a long time ago St Helena got the reputation of being the world's most useless airport um, because they, they built this big airport this runway that's kind of on the edge of a cliff um, and there was a com airplane plane that came in and it had a bit of a wobble as it was landing and everybody said that it was um, you know um, unsustainable amount of wind shear nobody would ever be able to land there actually all sorts of planes land on the island Um, and they've got um, a great reputation for um, welcoming Embraer's private jets they've even had a Titan Airways Boeing 747 down there so and it's actually um, sorry, 757. <laughs> I, <was gonna laughs> actually, say,
0: I did like Forget that. I was just like, Titan don't have those, do they? <laughs> where? I wish they
1: did. That would be <laughs> fun. Um, anyway, um, so it's a vital resource for the people of the island. Um, it's reduced the amount of time it takes to get supplies and get medical help from the previous 30 days to just a few hours. So you can imagine how keen they are to get their scheduled service back. Well, after a long absence due to the pandemic, um, Airlink is back and I expect there were lots of um, lots of people on St Helena were rejoicing as they saw the plane appear over the horizon last Saturday morning Um, so they took off from Johannesburg around 8 o'clock local time they stopped in Wavis Bay in Namibia um, for a fuel stop only for about half an hour and they landed on St Helena just after 1pm it's doing a charter rotation to Ascension Island, that's something that's it's not a scheduled service, it's just an agreement with Ascension and then it comes back to St. Helena and then goes back to Johannesburg via Namibia once again Um, so actually it's very easy to get into um, it's easier to get into St Helena than it is to get into South Africa, but not easy to stay there. So into St Helena, you don't have to be vaccinated. You don't have to do a PCR test, but you do have to have a 10-day quarantine. In the opposite direction, you don't have to quarantine, but you do have to have the other two things. You have to do a test before you fly and you have to be fully vaccinated. So a little bit complicated, um, but that won't be an issue for the residents there because they had 100% vaccination rate within weeks of vaccines Being released um, long before anybody else in the whole wide world managed to do that. So, this is the only scheduled service that operates to the remote island. Um, They've been in operation since an agreement was signed in July 2017. They've been flying roughly weekly, always using Namibia as a fuel stop. but it's been suspended since about the start of COVID. Um, they, they, in fact, it was almost the day. So I think last Saturday was like the twenty seventh of March, wasn't it? Um, or twenty sixth?
0: Um, Saturday twenty sixth, I think.
1: 26th and it had been suspended. Well, it hadn't flown there since the 21st of March, but Airlink stopped flying on the 26th. So it was like almost two years to the day. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, Titan has been down there. Um, they've been flying down there since um, January, the, since last November. They flew some services on January the 4th, 24th, February the 14th, and March the 7th. Um, they did have another planned one that would have operated on this Monday, but it was cancelled due to lack of demand. The thing with the Titan flights is that it goes to the UK. Um, That's fine. You know, it's kind of a domestic flight because it's a British overseas territory. And a lot of people on St Helena do have people back in the UK they want to see. But it's not very convenient if you just want to go for some medical treatment or you want to go and pick up some supplies from the mainland. It's a really long flight. Um, So restoring the service to South Africa is much more value for them. Um, So yeah, I'm sure they're all very delighted to see the return of Airlink to their runway. I wonder if any of them noticed the new and interesting branding of the airline because since it last flew there, it's completely shaken off the South African Airways brand and it's adopted its own livery with the lovely, I think it's a hummingbird um, and the lovely kind of purpley red um, winglets and tail colours. Um, but yeah, I, I might have to catch up with the the airport operators and see what they thought and uh, you know how important this is going to be. Um, unfortunately, going forward, it does look like it's only operating once a fortnight. So if you do want to visit the island, you're going to have to stay for two weeks. <laughs> um, what a disaster that will be! It looks like a <laughs> wonderful place to spend time, and uh, I hear their Wi-Fi is terrible, which is a massive bonus for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's about all we've got time for for today's podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it, and welcome any feedback. Um, podcast. (laughs) I'll read what Tom's written on the script here. We welcome any feedback or complaints about our confusion on the New England Patriots (laughs) at podcast at simpleflying.com.
0: For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.